Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget the bug spray as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Matsky. Hello. just realized we're both wearing our hats backward. Hat to the back. <laughs> the t- 2020 going out with a bang. Woo, boy. Hip-hop style. You guys didn't know what you were getting into uh, today. Yeah. Um. So... We just finished an epically long, uh, far longer than it needed to be, yeah. uh, squad cast. Um, probably 90 minutes we were recording. Yes. Uh, yes. I, sounds right. It was like a small town monsters year in review kind of thing. Mark had very um, studiously plotted out uh, our entire year, all the, all the craziness that had happened. And uh, we talked about that with Adrian. Tommy came in for some visits. <laughs> uh, and the video version I'm going to work on as soon as we're done with this. And it's going to have a lot of like behind the scenes clips and stuff. So if you're a squad member, you're going to want to check it out. I think it's going to be cool. Um, and then there's there's this video show where Mark and I just talk on a webcam behind a table to each other. Um, but yeah, both of these available for, for squadites. For squad members, Bigfoot looking over my shoulder. We need to get rather intimidating right here too. We need we need yeah. some some sort of piece up in here. Um, so yeah, this is this is uh, Monsteropolis, the official podcast of Small Town Monsters. This is our year in review. We've survived another year. We made it. We made. Hey, we made it. <laughs> we just had the, just the best year I think either of us have ever had. Um, you know what? In all honesty, we spent a lot of time. Everyone spends a lot of time, I think, this year talking about how bad the year has been. And for sure, there have been a lot of like rough patches. Um, but at the same time, there have been some really high points. That New York trip probably stands apart from from a lot of the other things I did this year as being like a really special, a special event. And then, you know, something else that we just just because this show tends to be a little more personal, something else that we didn't talk about at all understandably was was dudes weekend yeah that we t- that we took last january yeah, to, almost uh, a yeah whole year ago i know to um to columbus and and um that was a high point there's been a lot of high points in, in mixed in with all the the bad stuff um so yeah which i don't know where i was going with that. yeah well i mean you're right I, that and some of those things like the that you've mentioned the book coming out this uh-huh. year have been these things have been so good that it almost feels inappropriate to talk about them in 2020 because you just don't know how it's going to be received mm-hmm. you know like no you can't say that it's 2020 and everything's terrible but yeah. <laughs> that hasn't been my experience it's been like 
certainly there's been parts of it that have been grueling and not fun and testing you to like your limits, but yeah, the highs have been very high as well. So quite a balance when you look at it in the final analysis. Yeah. A final analysis of the year for STM. Then this is going to be a final analysis of the year in the paranormal. I'm just going to end it at paranormal. When I say paranormal, I'm considering everything like that to me involves cryptids and ufology yes. and all that. I lump it all under paranormal. everything unusual. Yes. The unusual. I think yesterday when I posted about it, I was like weird, the weird news cycle stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, I don't think we have any mail. Do we have mail? Oh, we did get mail. I sent, I, I forwarded you some, not sure if you received, but we did get, we got something. Let me go into my mail here. Let's see. We, we had mail back on 1219. I think we would have read that. Correct. What was it? About the host of sightings from oh, Neil Carter. No, that came out that we got that right after okay. this episode. Do you want to read? Posted. Do you want me to read that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got uh, an email from Neil who said, greetings and Merry Christmas. The host of sightings was Tim White. He would always open the show with welcome to sightings. Yeah. I'm Tim White. Yes. As a teen in the 90s, I always felt like sightings was our in search of. P.S. The one and only Fonz was the executive producer. Mm-hmm. So that answered that question. Yeah. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, it, for sure. Mm. Tim White. Um, Michael, we got a, a letter from, from Michael uh, who said, Seth and Mark, this is the cover story of my local weekly newspaper. I live in the district he represents. The author apparently wasn't a fan. And he sent us a link to an article on a website called Seaville that is titled True Believer. We read Denver Riggleman's Bigfoot book so you don't have to. Denver Riggle. I don't know. Oh, Congressman. Okay, so I'm, I guess I'll read this for, for okay. context. So here's yeah. the article. It says, Congressman Denver Riggleman's new book, Bigfoot, it's complicated. <laughs> Begins with a chapter called A Discussion on Simian Genitalia. In other words, Riggleman, oh. who was accused of enjoying Bigfoot erotica during his 2018 oh. congressional campaign, is leaning in. <laughs> Riggleman <laughs> defeated Democrat Leslie Cockburn in 2018 despite the Bigfoot story, but will leave Washington having served just one term in Congress. This summer, he lost a covert altered drive through Republican nominating convention to Bob Good, a Bible thumping challenger from the right who jumped in the race because Riggleman officiated a gay wedding between two staffers. Um, since this is entirely about this Denver Riggleman character. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't read this article. Uh, <laughs> holy. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Um, I don't think I'm even going to post this, but thank you, Michael, for, for alerting us to this. Uh, looks pretty crazy. Um, is that on your year in review? It doesn't appear anywhere. I guess that's shocking. 2018. Uh, I remember that story though. I mean, vaguely that I remember it now too. Yeah. Something we didn't talk about that we might not be, maybe we should save this for the second part of this, but we, do we want to try to do some sort of like best of, you know, best of documentary, best of podcast, best of books. We'd be um, throwing it together on the fly. Yeah, but. I don't know if I couldn't do that yeah. too well. But I, media is something that I do want to mention okay. as part of the show. Okay. Because I think there's a certain case that can be made for like a new wave. But Okay. This is going to be, I think we're going to attempt to do two parts here because this is probably going to be stretched out a little bit. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, the year that was in the in the Bigfoot and the paranormal worlds. 
Um, I don't know where to start. I have no idea where to start. Oh, I, I think I do know where to start. Did yeah. you want to talk about Monday or Sunday, Monday? Yes. Yes. That'd be a great place to start. Okay. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the year in review thing. Right. But, we took you but, right um, to the edge. Yeah. We, we, and yanked you back yeah. from the precipice. Because I, I wanted to hear about December 27th, which was the second second shoot of On the Trail of Hauntings. Uh, the crew went down to Marietta, Ohio. And over the course of that day, uh, got footage, did interviews, etc. cetera. Uh, Seth was part of that. And then later that night was, was it the first two hours? First two hours yeah. on Coast to Coast AM with George Knapp. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to hear about that day and sort of what it was like to endure that entire experience. <laughs> have we have we addressed the fact that I slept through my Coast to Coast slot previously i think yes okay i think we did mention that in passing so this was yeah this was a reschedule and and all thanks to george um nap because what happened is i slept through my original slot and they were clearly not happy with me for it and and had done they weren't responding to emails and making no attempt to really get me back on the Mm -hmm. show george i was on mystery wire with george nap he had asked about how the show went and i explained i slept through it Mm -hmm. and he thought that was uh, funny, but also pretty common. Um, and he said, well, come on, will you come on with me? And I, I was like, well, heck yeah. Cause yeah. Cause that's pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, so I, so he, he did all the legwork. He actually had rescheduled me all the way back in November for this time slot. So this was, and he did it purposefully because he knew it was right after bell, Witch came mm-hmm. out. So he like scheduled it around talking about bell, Witch. um, so uh, so yeah, we did the shoot of episode two of On the Trail of Hauntings. I already told you when you got here, but for for the listening audience, this was um, just so much fun for me. Uh, haunting so far has been really fun anyway. Um, the series was conceived as being a return to that On the Trail of Bigfoot, On the Trail of or Beast of Whitehall style of like, let's just go out, no money, and make stuff. And that's what we're doing. No money. Like throw throw. Obviously, we're putting a lot of effort in to make it high quality, but we have very limited time, and again, no money. <laughs> um, and we've we the first episode was out in a haunted cemetery in Hanoverton, and this second episode couldn't have been more different. It was a a really large mansion in Marietta, which I adore Marietta anyway. Um, such a cool town, like you like that, especially some of the like ritzier areas, mm-hmm. you know, like some of the old houses are really amazing. Um, but we were filming in what's known as the Anchorage mansion, which is this old uh, supposedly haunted mansion. Um, that kind of overlooks the river. And I mean, it's up on a hill. It's, it's really like your classic haunted house. Yeah. And, uh, I adore the haunted mansion at Disneyland yes. and Disney world. And this for me was like, spending a day filming the haunted mansion. Uh-huh. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, we got there and I told the first thing I said to Santino, we go in, we unload all the gear and I said, I'm not filming interviews. Um, for anyone that knows me, I, I love talking to people and I love the act of, of interviewing, but I get super stressed during interviews and just, it, it really is the thing on shoots that wears me down the quickest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has nothing to do with the people I'm interviewing. It's just like the way I'm wired. And, but my favorite part of the shoots is filming B-roll. I just like going to, you could probably speak to this. My, 
entire demeanor changes dramatically when I'm just shooting B-roll versus mm -hmm. everything else. Yeah. Um, so that's what I told him. I was like, I'm just going to shoot the house. You go do your thing. I'm going to shoot the house. So I started by droning over the house and then I went around the inside of the house with my camera and I just filmed things and I get into it and I, I get, you know, I had time to do things I normally mm -hmm. wouldn't do. I put the camera on a gimbal and I was like moving the gimbal in certain ways and like trying to figure out fun ways to shoot different rooms and like mm -hmm. moving through hallways and things with the gimbal. And, um, and you had access to the whole, the whole house place, was right? ours. Yeah. And I mean, it's like five floors. Wow. Um, and there's two like weird half floors, like the servant quarters is super weird super creepy is um, it in good shape still or uh, yeah it's not it's like not like crumbling or anything yeah. yeah no it's they're they're and they're doing a lot of work in it they're mm -hmm. they're trying to get it back in working order i don't get want to give away too much about being there or like whether or not anything happened um but there's some really interesting history in the house they think the that the basement was possibly like underground railroad mm -hmm. and and um uh, people supposedly see the woman that that was like the architect of the house uh, in the tower. And I spent a lot of time in the tower. Mm -hmm. The tower is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, man, I, I love Haunted Mansion. It, it really, yeah. I can't say enough how much this seemed like I was playing around in the Did Haunted Mansion. Did you hear the music in your mind? Yeah, uh, almost. <laughs> and it, it was just really cool. Um, just a really relaxed day. There's, um, I have really fond memories of, uh, doing our Beast of Whitehall first screening ever was in Marietta at the People's Bank Theater. Oh, wow. Um, during a film festival. And it was just Brandon and I. My mm -hmm. parents drove down and watched the movie yeah. and hung out with us a little bit too. But it was just Brandon and I. And um, there was a green room and they took us down there. And we met one of the guys that's on like the film festival mm. board. And he owns a pizza place in town. And uh, I remembered I loved the pizza. And so we ordered pizza in the afternoon and got pizza and it was really great. And it's called the original pizza place. So if okay. you're in Marietta, you got to, got to get pizza here, get the Sicilian, the New York's fine, but it's just New York pizza. The Sicilian will blow your mind. Hmm. Um, and so we just, it was all in all just a great day. It was Andy, myself, Santino and Zach on our crew, plus Heather and Heather brought her friend Courtney. Courtney did, as much of the behind the scenes photos as she could mostly on her phone. Mm -hmm. um, and we just had a really good day. I'm excited for people to see footage from this. Um, even, even like the production diary, I think mm -hmm. it'll be really cool. Um, but yeah, as soon as we left there, we leave there at nine. I, I want to say, so we didn't get back into Ohio till or back to our house until like after 11. Um, so I was actually thinking, okay, this isn't going to be bad at all. Cause my show started at, uh, at one, by the time I got into my house, got unpacked and everything and, and had settled down, it was closing in on midnight. And so I sat down, ate some more pizza. And by the time <laughs> I was done doing that, I watched like 20 minutes of TV and coast started calling cause they do the pre pre checkup and yeah. everything. And so I go into the show thinking I'm good. Like I felt fine. And like, I get on with George and one sentence in, I realized I was in trouble. Like, I don't know what was happening, but my brain would not string words together to form sentences. I couldn't like the most basic words were, were flying out of my head before I could say them. And then I was like struggling to, to form a co coherent sentence. Mm. And it was just, it felt like a, uh, on my end, it felt like a very bad interview. Like I was doing a terrible job. George was amazing. Like George was really great. Mm -hmm. He's got 
it, what I loved about it is um, he comes prepared, yes. but he also, I get the impression he is thinking for himself and like coming up with, you know, questions on the fly and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like a very natural conversation rather than my other experiences on coast, which are a little more structured and everything's like, let's hit this point and this point and this mm-hmm. point. This is not that. So yeah. that part of it was really cool, but I did, I just felt like I was not on my, on my a game <laughs> at all. Yeah. That's one of the things with George Knapp is that you can tell he's done this. He, he's engaged with the material. Mm-hmm. It's not some staff person who's like put a little description in front of him. Yeah. To help out. He really knows when he's asking questions, mm-hmm. you can tell it's out of his own personal curiosity. And uh, I think just the casual listener would, would not have graded you as harshly as you're grading yourself. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. It was cool. Here's what was cool was to hear you and to hear George Knapp talking about the work of STM. And he had clearly engaged with it. Yes. And, and thoughtfully, and he liked what he saw. That's the part that to me was really standout. Yeah, there's no doubt he watched. Um, there's no doubt he watched Mothman Legacy. I already know that from talking to him, and I would I would assume he at least spun through Mark of the Bell, which mm-hmm. a little bit. But yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. I was exhausted, but um, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. And honestly, uh, the next morning, Adrian and Tommy did a very good job of not waking me up and I slept till like almost 10. So okay. it was like, I was good to go. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. I got, I thought I'd be dead the next day and I was mm-hmm. good to go. So it was fun. It was a good show. That's cool. All right. I mean, that's about, I forget who I was talking to about this. It might have been my mom or my dad, but that's about as far as reach is concerned mm-hmm. in sort of the sphere that we travel in. There's that's no bigger big, reach yeah. than coast to coast AM. And yeah, and that was my fifth time. There's a show that I on their site, it only lists four, but there was one where I was on for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it never gets, it's not, and I forget why. Something happened. Did somebody cancel? It, it was, no, it was on? like this weird thing where I think I might have been scheduled to be on a full show and then I got canceled, but they still had me on mm-hmm. or something. But it was a very quick, like 30 minutes, because I remember thinking I could do that more often. <laughs> so it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. But, um, that, this was my fifth time for sure. For sure this was. It was. It was cool. The first time I met George was that weird Colorado trip where Oh yeah. Where where I was on the show that he does. Um anyway, yeah, it was a cool experience. And and I'm really excited for for people to check out the second episode of On the Trail of Hauntings. Mm-hmm. I think like I think hauntings, we we're gonna do a whole bunch of stuff about hauntings, I'm sure, in the in the months ahead, like talking, hopefully get Santino on and do a squad cast and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But I think yeah, we have to. We'll take. We'll not take no for an answer, Santino. Yeah. We have to get him on because yeah. it's his his baby, really. It He's is. Got, he has the vision for it, and and that's the thing. And like in talking to him the other day, I told you like we had a meeting with him and Heather, and I have a clear understanding of what he wants to do with it. And he has a very clear idea of what he wants to do with it. And it is not what people are going. I don't think it's going to be what people are expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much embraces the, on the trail of aesthetic and goes in directions with it that we've never gone before. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be interested to see how people respond to it. Um, and I also think the series is going to morph over time. 
like find find different ways of of telling the story and he's gonna let, like the way he put it is we'll figure out the things that work and don't work and we're gonna tweak those episode to episode and you'll see it mm. you know get get mm-hmm. ironed out as it goes along All right, uh, year in review, cryptids and the paranormal. Where are we starting with this? Do you want to break this down into, should we do like a ufology episode? That would probably be wise because that's the ufology piece, probably the biggest piece, okay. at least that I have. Okay. Do we want to start there or save that for for its own episode, well, episode two? Why don't we have that be episode two? Okay. And throw some of these other ones. That's good. Into the mix now. Because what are we going to talk about with Bigfoot? The fact that no one found it again, and, <laughs> well, and everyone's I, wearing hats now. You guys have all started I wearing. Saw, you guys have I, all started wearing hats. <laughs> I saw your Instagram. Uh, you wouldn't believe how many people messaged me that wear hats that were convinced I was talking about them. That killed me. Because uh, you're right. I mean, that, I I believe that reaction because when you stop to think about him. <laughs> Hat wearers, there are. It's like well, and hat wearers who are good friends. Yes, like just or people who were even just connected to STM. We've got Alex. We've got we've got um, Alex is the hat is there and on on and off again. I don't think he wears the hat when he's with us, does he? He's worn hats, but he he has he has. See the thing he's with a Alex large is that hat. yeah, and he's got like probably four hats in mm-hmm. his car. That's true. Houses all of these outdoor survival. Yeah. It's like a REI, a rolling REI hey, look, store. I didn't talk about this on Squadcast. We haven't talked about it anywhere. Alex is doing something with us. Ah. And if you remind me afterward, we'll have a talk about it. Because I'm, okay. I'm going to talk about it. But this is, a, I guess, a teaser for anyone listening to this. We're doing cool. something, something with Alex that's YouTube-based. Okay. That has to do with Bigfoot. Bigfoot. But huh? we'll, talk, we'll talk later. <laughs> we'll talk later. But yeah, going back to making fun of Alex. His hat... <laughs> No, he wears like one of those large brimmed hats, but yeah. like obviously Lyle, um, <laughs> and and uh, and Ken, and you know mm-hmm. like a lot of those guys wear the hats. But th- what I've noticed is like there's a new breed of people that are coming on the scene who are just wearing the hats, and it seems to be more like, well, I think this is what I'm supposed to do because other people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they put on the hat. Put the hat. On. Where does that come from? Is it Josh Gates? Oh, I don't know. It might come from Indiana Jones. I think it's even bigger than that. It's like okay. a. I mean, I used thing. a picture of Indiana Jones <laughs> in my meme, but okay. But yeah, I mean, I love a good hat myself, but typically it's more of the minor league baseball. Yes. Style. Yeah, I'm not knocking. Oh, I am. There's no. There's no way out of this. I yeah. But you're right. I mean, I I know exactly what you're saying. It's like a signifier. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to say something by wearing the hat, and yeah. But there are, are people who I think can legitimately pull it off, pull it off for sure and pull it off because they're out in the middle yes. of nature. Yeah. A hat like that would have a practical value. Can you see me in one of these hats? Maybe I should do it now. 
Discovery on the trail of Bigfoot, the Discovery, I'll wear like a large brim. I should. I'll wear a sombrero. <laughs> hey, that's been done on the crew, as you know. Yeah. For Andy's, Andy, Andy's birthday. 17th birthday. Yeah. 16th birthday. Um, I have this like fedora style black hat that I wear for winter funerals. I, I think should I've wear that. I've seen for you in it, though. Oh, it's well, the of one you wore you in it's the, Flatwoods, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a fedora for a while when I first started dating Adrian. I had a fedora and she hates fedoras and she she made me take it off. And I think she might have thrown it away when I wasn't looking. Wow. It's gone. But uh, what's the source of that? I think I just idiots. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. I just don't think she likes the way they look. Okay, Um, that's fair. Yeah. And so 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 she's I I realized as we're saying this, we've got Shannon wearing her fedora Rocking all through uh on the yeah of is that a fedora i'm i don't mean it's to like get a straw minutia. it's yeah Wouldn't i don't know if that's a fedora i don't know if that's a fedora I, the fedora is very specific you know i should start wearing a zoot suit and a and a hats with a huge feather in it and that'll be my that'll be like the way i brand myself be the paul feed of cryptozoology gosh um so yeah I'm assuming hats didn't make it on on your list. No, it's shocking, but yeah, I'm weird. glad it did. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's part of this episode. Um, so we're <laughs> oh well, there's actually a jumping off point okay. with what you said about Bigfoot, and that is the only place that Bigfoot showed up on my list was under the heading of hoaxes. Oh, there was that big Washington State webcam yes hoax that was that what was, I used in the photo right yeah. That was a major story of the past year. And um, coming from the Washington State Department of Transportation, it was their own webcam at Sherman Pass. Mm -hmm. They tweeted it out. It got, by some counts, over 80,000 reactions. And then finally they, you know, um, I think within a month, they basically said we were just having a little fun, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that set the stage then i guess for in june of 2020 there was also that loch ness hoax yeah where um somebody by the castle yeah had like a pink almost salmony colored picture of some creature in the water okay and it was demonstrated that that was uh (sighs) just a photoshop of a catfish skin (laughs) superimposed on something so there was uh, the impulse to hoax, and now, especially in the um, in the social media era, that that has not gone away. There seems to be an an ironic, or still sort of the hoaxing impulse that's out there to try to pull a fast one. I, on I've people. I've got a couple things I want to talk about that relate to Bigfoot. Uh, one of them is going to be very controversial, and we're probably going to make some enemies. Um, the other is just the fact that I I wrote this down this way, and I think this is also the theme of On the Trail of Bigfoot, but COVID gave us an appreciation for the outdoors and looking for cryptids. And that's, the, like, I think we saw that with On the Trail of Bigfoot, the journey, like going to, to New York and filming up there. Um, and I say in the movie, like the, there's narration in the movie that says, I, I still haven't figured out what my, what thought I'm attempting to verbalize but there's something deeper to this 
and it's not it's not like ancient memory of our caveman selves mm. or whatever. I know that people love that idea, but um, there's there's more to it than that. It's a little bigger than just wanting to go outdoors and look for cryptids and or using a Bigfoot Bigfoot as an excuse to go outdoors. There's something more to it. And there was just as there was a feeling on that trip. I don't know if you had it or not, but Bigfoot was ever present through the entire trip. Every moment of the trip, the figure, the the cultural figure of Bigfoot loomed over us, right? Mm-hmm. But was never in the forefront to me, ever, during the entire trip. That trip was, there was, it was like appreciating what we have been given on this earth that maybe we tend to overlook. And somehow Bigfoot was like involved in that in mm-hmm. a way in, in giving me that appreciation, if that makes any sense. It's just, I do such a bad job of figuring of like knowing how to say mm-hmm. these things, because I think there's a lot more here than just the outdoors and Bigfoot and mm-hmm. pop culture or right. whatever. Right. No, I, I am tracking with what you're saying. I think the only exception I would say would be the camp out. That's where Bigfoot was front and center it's funny see for me it still wasn't it just was like and i'm just talking personal too is the other thing i think bigfoot was really like obviously when we're talking to paul bartholomew and all that stuff it's all about bigfoot Mm -hmm. but i think what i'm getting at is more of like uh maybe it's maybe it is just very personal maybe Mm -hmm. on a personal level that trip just never yeah you know he was bigfoot was always the thing that we were doing Mm -hmm. but it was never it was never at the forefront of my mind when I was doing those things. Mm -hmm. Like even going to Paul's house and seeing all this Bigfoot stuff, I wasn't like, man, Bigfoot. Wow. Look at all this evidence. It was like, wow, this dude's collected all this stuff over all these years. Mm -hmm. And we get to come in here and hang out with him and see this room, which I've already been in a couple of times. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Well, I guess for like the, the camping part of that, Mm -hmm. maybe, what I was reacting to was here's people who are 100% convinced Mm -hmm. that Bigfoot could walk into this camp right now. And it was just being like embedded with them. That was fascinating because they were, I mean, they were ready at every moment for that to happen. I think they were disappointed that they couldn't quote unquote produce something for us. Um, to see yeah or experience but um yeah but yeah it was like he was the subtext for everything yeah but there is also just i guess for me then the remove would be is being in this little subculture of people who are like true believers or maybe it's even vice versa that maybe it's like bigfoot was the thing like the subject but the subtext is something mm-hmm. else maybe that's mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. But the, anyway, the, the long and short of it is I've seen tons of people that I don't think spent a lot of time in the woods this year go out in the woods because of COVID mm-hmm. and because they have this thing that now, now okay, well, I've been into this for a long time. Maybe I'll go spend some more time out seeing if I can find anything, any evidence for myself, you know, like that that kind of, I think that's something that happened this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, the outdoors are safe. It's a safe place. And despite the number of people we saw wearing masks on trails and stuff, but like um, it's a, it's a safe space and your local mall is not, mm-hmm. you know? So like, let's right. do people, people don't really go to malls anymore, right? No, your local movie theater is not or club or whatever. 
You know, I just stumbled across, this is a huge tangent, but I stumbled across this Twitter account like last night or the night before that's about nearly abandoned malls. I love that stuff. Have you seen anything? I, I watch YouTube walkthroughs okay. constantly yeah. because of Canton Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a tangent. This is a whole thing. Because <laughs> I spent so much time there growing up with my grandma. And so now when I can, we actually tried to go walk through it last year and couldn't get in. Really? Yeah, it's a completely abandoned. And I was surprised too, like uh, Rolling Acres Mall yeah. is now an Amazon mm-hmm. hub. Now what's the other one? There's a crazy. big one up there that, that shut down. Oh, Randall Park. Yeah, yeah. Randall Park. Um, I have those Abandoned America books that I read. That I read. They mm-hmm. look through the so cool. Um, yeah, this <laughs> uh, this is that kind of episode. It is. Um, but that's fascinating, and it might speak. I mean, it does speak to this sense of uh, a one sort of reality that's passing, mm-hmm. and something else is taking its place. And what what took the place of everything in 2020 was the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It was People were being reintroduced to it because in some cases that was the only option left. It's either be in your house or go to a local park. Well, we were in the Adirondacks in uh, on July, July 4th mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in the high peaks, what, the night before July 4th or two nights? Or was it over July 4th? No, it's the night before. The we night drove before. out on the 4th. And we drive, so we're driving on these roads through these really apparently like very famous trails and the roads were lined with cars mm-hmm. on the one morning. Um, the, it was, it was when we were leaving, they yeah. were already scaling rock climbing up the side of these cliffs. Mm-hmm. And it was what, like 4am or something between four and 5am. Yeah. 4am. And there's a spot. Yeah. You couldn't have gone and hiking if you wanted to, yeah. there was, there was no parking anywhere. There was no parking left. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously those people aren't out there looking for Bigfoot, but right. I think there's a correlation between us. Those of us who look for, cryptids and or want to see some evidence of the paranormal and and those people i think that it's all the same thing those people want to go chase the cool rock climbing spot we want to go see if there's bigfoot evidence in the high peaks (laughs) (laughs) it's the same thing guys right um the other thing i had did you have anything else bigfoot no the other thing i have is the i'm gonna do this and regret it later but the how to hunt guy We've mentioned this on here before. This guy's a nut, guys. If you're if you're a fan of this guy and the um the sort of like the the gathering of forces against invisible enemies who are conspiring to keep Bigfoot secret, you've been led down into the cult land. And I get it. Like this guy's got huge names behind him. I know that he's buddies with polites and like all these guys and but i mean this dude literally thinks cliff barrickman and anyone who thinks bigfoot is an ape is like part of a government cover government sponsored cover-up like you're you gotta I, I don't know what else to say i don't like the way this guy talks about other people you know in a year where um in a year where it, we probably would have been better off uniting as a nation we had people on every political end of the spectrum from from both sides um pulling people in every direction and then you also had this guy in a big in bigfoot involved in bigfoot trying to tell people that like they that that there's an organized government cover-up but the way in which he spoke about those people went beyond just like negative and moved into the realm of like inflict pain on these people 
So that's my that's been my issue with anything relating back to Bigfoot. And this goes for the ape crowd as well. Like if you are that entrenched in your ideology, um, you're moving beyond, you know, the 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 um, you're you're moving beyond what makes these subjects fun and into the world of like a, a, a cult of forming a cult. And and uh, I know people are going to get angry at this because it's like, I mean, we can't post a video on YouTube without people coming on the video and posting. You got to watch what what the how to hunt guy says, because he's going to he's going to tell you that the government cover ups going on. And anyone that thinks that these things are just apes are are part of that cover up. And, you know, we got to we got to be careful of these people. He's accused Meldrum of all sorts of stuff and Barrickman. Yeah, I mean, just. It's a, it's, it, it was a wild thing in 2019 and 2020 to watch this thing move like a snowball down a hill. And we are, we are to the point where he's got millions of people watching these videos and then going online and spreading vitriol at people who are just into Bigfoot mm-hmm. over the fact that their personal opinions don't jive with his and that it, they were obviously part of the government cover up. Um, it's just a negative, like that kind of negative. Inf- oh, and the other thing is this guy's going to disappear. Like, I don't know how to tell you guys this. Those of you who are subscribed and believe he is the speaker of knowledge that that we are, we've been desperately in need of. But these guys come and go from year to year. This isn't anything new. I've only been in this for like 15 years. And he's like the 20th guy I've seen doing this exact same thing. Like uh, nobody's impressed by this other than the YouTube crowd who've just discovered him. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan and, and this is, um, this is upsetting to you. I, the, this comes from a uh, place of, um, genuine love for this subject and hating to see this kind of circle of nonsense happening every like two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy, will, you know, he'll disappear like the rest of them do. Sorry. <laughs> What else do we, what other news stories do we have? Wow. Yeah. You know, I just, before we leave that entirely, I just think what you just said and what we've seen culturally over this past year is like a classic case of conspiracy that I used to think was just nutty Mm -hmm. and like kind of like interesting and fascinating. But people used to, I remember people saying, you know, there's a, there's a danger to conspiracy and I, conspiracy theory. And I used to think, well, I wouldn't go that far, you know, it's interesting and, and um, intriguing, but dangerous. And now I would revise my opinion and say, yeah, I think it can be dangerous. Uh-huh. Um, it can, if you, if people latch on to some of these things, take them seriously and uh-huh. see themselves as foot soldiers, Yeah, you know, in this larger war, then, if, then yeah, it can be dangerous. And it's, it's something to take seriously um, in that regard. And, um, you know, on one hand you can say, well, there are really conspiracies. Those do happen. I mean, you can be sent to jail for conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think the vast majority of what is spewed out there as conspiracy theory today mm-hmm. is trying to impose impose order where there is none. Yeah. We did an episode we of Monster Apple. Yeah, we I was going to say, we talked about this yeah. exact thing. The human impulse to say there, you gotta, there's got to be some way to connect the dots so this all makes sense. And sometimes, sometimes there's not. And yeah. People don't like that. They want there to be a reason that everything's happening. And sometimes reality is more harder to get your hands around. What was that. the, what was, I'm trying to think of some of the people that, that we've seen. Henner, um, 
fair fair what was that guy's name henner farah oh darn it i'm not even gonna go okay. down. <laughs> there 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 have been all sorts of people that that do this kind of thing where they where they kind of like they put it they put an idea out there they put a conspiracy theory out there but it doesn't just stay that it's got to then they got to start getting like going into the realm of like and these people should be mm. jailed because they're doing yeah this thing you know yeah. to if Cliff Barrickman is a government plant, I will eat my fedora. Okay. Hey, I'll eat the feather on my zoot suit fedora if 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 that is the case. Yeah, um, the, the weird thing about that is I've spent time with Cliff and Meldrum. Meldrum wouldn't know me if he had to, you know, pick me out of a lineup. But um, but I've spent time with both of them, and those guys are not. Uh, they don't laugh off the weird side of Bigfoot. If you come to them with a story or whatever, I had a conversation with Meldrum about invasion on Chestnut Ridge. Like, like, um, they're, yeah, I don't think they're pushing an agenda uh, at all. The unfortunate thing I've really seen is I, there have legitimately been like death threats and comment sections left on, on Bigfoot. Um, you know, on Bigfoot videos online because the, the person making the video didn't jive with the, the how to hunt thing. And um, yeah, you gotta be gotta be careful. But again, I'm not that worried about it because this guy will be gone. It's only a matter of time. It's probably making some good ad revenue. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it would seem. Um, what else do you want to get into at this? Point? I did a post. So there's a couple things on here that are just weird news that kind of don't fit into ufology or or whatever. But um, I did a post on my my personal Instagram about this. Let me see what we got. We got some, we got some responses. Uh, a bunch of people suggested we, well, first of all, Matt, uh, Shang, I got a girlfriend was his, I had, I posted what was the biggest paranormal cryptid news story of 2020 <laughs> Matt Shang and his girlfriend. Yeah. It is amazing. I've spent time with Matt and I couldn't date him. <laughs> uh, I'm lying. I could, um, but yeah, congratulations, Matt. He also posted it a second time with the I replaced by an O. So girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. I am less familiar with those. this was a good one. The weird jetpack guy mm-hmm. in LAX. That story popped up multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly like pilots and people in the airport saw a, a man on a jet in a jetpack flying around but but i i think like the weird thing here was the altitude on one of these was extremely high i want to say like ten thousand feet like like way overhead um and so so it was a very strange story because it didn't exactly sound like a like a dude with a known jetpack to me Mm -hmm. also kind of drew similarities to some of the flying humanoid stories we've talked about especially those early like airship wave style you know mm-hmm. guy in a flying tr- contraption yeah and um, some of the mexico mm-hmm. city stuff too yeah like the, the witches and all that mm-hmm. yeah so that was a big story for a little while i don't think typically it got lumped in with the paranormal but it kind of is if, if you're really mm-hmm. thinking about it um someone posted i find it ironic the government confirmed the existence of ufos and we were all like toilet paper that's probably mm-hmm. something we can talk about in our next episode uh, monolith, the monolith kept coming back up, um, with, with this and, and, you know, I wrote, I wrote down here monolith, but I mean, I don't know what to talk about with it. it, it to be honest, when that story 
broke. I didn't, I wasn't drawn in by it. I don't know why that is. I just had no interest. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I assumed it's some sort of, I told Adrian it's an art thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like what yeah. it seems like to me. And now they're popping up everywhere and you can tell they're homemade. Right. So it's not super impressive. Yeah. I, I, I don't have anything different than that yeah. really to say. I mean, I don't know. I, it's weird. It's, but I think it's, it's, um, yeah, an art thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think like this is it that, you know, one thing when it comes to Bigfoot, I, I, I had written down some like notes about, um, s- some notes about like Bigfoot media this year. Um, but there really wasn't anything that came out that really grabbed me. Um, there were no movies. There were no films that I thought were good. There was a movie set in Whitehall that was terrible. Um, that wasn't real Whitehall for one thing, but just a way to ruin that oh, concept. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to make something based in Whitehall, don't make it a teen slasher movie with Bigfoot in the lead. Um, and then uh, the television, the show with Russ and them was over in 2019, wasn't it? I don't even know that that aired in 2020. Yeah, I don't, I wasn't. I followed it. Yeah, I watched, I I watched some episodes. I, I thought it was it on fine. You to- yeah, I thought it was fine. I've got some things to say about paranormal television. Like I know I, I said, I really enjoyed the Skinwalker Ranch show. I'm looking forward to watching more of it. Did you get through the rest of that show? Mm-mm. Okay. No. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into more of that. I started reading the book again. Oh yeah. Is what it ended up causing me to do. Yeah. I, I've gone down the book trail now. I'm just reading like filmmaking book after filmmaking mm-hmm. book. And that's been, you know what? Uh, Monsters of the Northwoods. Like, can we just talk about the fact that some of these older books are, are probably overlooked nowadays for, for the new, whatever the new hotness in the mm-hmm. Bigfoot world is. If, uh, if you're just getting into this stuff, man, go read like Monsters of the Northwoods, uh, Bigfoot, the story of apes in America. We need to do a whole show about this again. Yeah. And I before I forget, yeah, his new book is out. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Bartholomew. Is it Bigfoot? It's, um, it's, there's some Bigfoot to it. It's Adirondack. It's on, it's on Amazon right now. I had I no idea. It last night. Ah. So you need to get on there. Yeah. Do that right now. Um, I was amazed because yeah, that's the, unreal. the cover is really cool because it's done in like a retro art style. And at first I thought it was, he was saying, well, here's this book I wrote, you know, 20 years ago. Don't you wish you could obtain it? But it actually exists wow. in the world. He and his brother worked together on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's while, we're, a, while we're talking about media, though, yeah. I did think it was worth saying that. And I, there, I think there's a relationship to what you were saying at the beginning, sort of about the getting outside and, and doing things for yourself. I think there was, in particular in podcasting, there was a wave of self-produced personal shows that are have gone out there now that mm-hmm. I think are, it's really interesting for me to see sort of them grouped together in a way. And I'm thinking of like shows that you've been on, like I've been on too, a Bigfoot Society, um, Cryptid Chat with Yami, mm-hmm. Moth Boys. I mean, they've been around longer than 2020, but uh, Cryptid Campfire, Forest Floor, Alex got on YouTube with Sasquatch Out of the Shadows. Um, and even, you know, you could put into that STM squad as in- independently produced stuff. Um, Cliff and Bobo's Bigfoot and Beyond is another example. I think that it's, and these are all self-produced 
they're just um, you know, one, two, three people involved with producing this content, but there's a real sincere quality to it. I think they're working through these stories much the same way as we do. And I just, I like it. I, I like that wave because it's not some corporate juggernaut mm-hmm. saying we think this would be interesting. It's because the technology has gotten to the point where if you have thoughts on these subjects, you can make them fairly widely known and invite other people into conversation. And that's happened mm-hmm. with this new wave. I just like to see it happen. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. It's a younger crowd. We right. talked about that yeah. too. It's mm-hmm. like the, it's a younger, like Yemi and and um, the well, the Moth Boys are old, but um, <laughs> freaking ancient. But um, yeah, like Eli and and all those guys. Uh, a lot of younger voices getting into this. Like that's who I'm speaking to more more than anyone when I'm saying like this cult. I like I don't have any worry about those guys getting mm-hmm. sucked into that. But they're going to run into some people who are into it, and, right. and those people will certainly try to either convince you or run you right out if you mm-hmm. don't align with their point of view. So just know that those people will all disappear. Yeah. Just going to keep repeating that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think that does it for this part of the show, right? We gotta, yeah. we get, we're going to do part two and get into like UFOs and maybe a little bit more of the paranormal media side of things. I don't know. Um, this isn't super planned on my part. Um, but yeah, we've been, uh, we've had a good year and there's more, mm-hmm. I think there's, I'm hopeful that 2021 will be even better, but, um, stay tuned. Come back next week for episode two, part two, part not two. episode two, part two. 